7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. It's Friday, doorstep of the weekend. It's an Apache Friday, which means... Ah, the, the weekend is here, though. The weekend got off to a, a good start last night. To quote the late, great Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, right? Nuggets blow out the Clippers last night. You love to see that. The Buffaloes get a win without KJ Simpson or Tristan De Silva, who's just really come on in a big way. Cleared oh, yeah. night last night for De Silva. Game we had here on the team. Buff speed Oregon. And then sadly, I hate to report this, the Avalanche lose their fifth straight. They had and, a 2-0 lead in that game. And I, I was listening. I was able to stream a little bit of the Avalanche game, and I heard the exact moments when everything sort of fell off the wagon. It was a one hundred one hundred and thirty-eight seconds of terror, and <laughs> Georgiev slams his stick on the ice, and Kale and Devontae's combined had a had a a collective brain fart on who's supposed to get the puck. Yeah, just a bad, bad nine for the Avalanche. And correct me if I'm wrong, was it Cogliano that got sent to the locker room for the ten minute? believe that is the case for yelling yes. up the ref or something because there was a call that wiped a goal off the board and he didn't like it and then he mouthed off and, and i mean you know you're not supposed to do that but also you got to hold these refs accountable at some point yeah you, you gotta, also I mean, have to not hurt your team by no getting a penalty right. like that and you're right and and you never ever want to blame refs for a bad game especially when you really truly had a control for the first half hour of, of action right but i mean there was also some questionable and jared bednar said as much in his post game we'll have some of that coming up a little bit by the way but hey like you said two out of three ain't bad then that nuggets win i think no, and maybe maybe I use this word a little too much, but cathartic. You know, that that to me seemed to be a little bit of demon exercising. Well, and we'll play the clip from Michael Malone where, where he references, you know, one of the game that they had against the Clippers where they were up by 28 points and lost. Yeah. And so to see Denver go out and, and do what they did last night, nationally televised game, that that's encouraging here but once again it's the it's the peaks and the valleys it's the the win against boston right on new year's night and then you have the loss to minnesota so up but down, down and now back and up again with a, a big win against the clippers where uh i mean their big gun Kawhi leonard basically was on the bench the entire second half i mean they they blew him out and so the big guns for the Clippers, Ty Lue just said, nah, nah, heck with it. <laughs> and just, and just it. you know, benched his starters and called it good. And so uh, the Nuggets, the big win last night. Um, more good news about uh, DeMar Hamlin as his yes. recovery continues. 
and uh, NFL's decided not to play that game, that the Bills-Bengals game, done. We'll talk more about that coming up and around the NFL, top of the 8 o'clock hour. But uh, good decision at this point in time. Right. That That's the only decision that, that really that, that should have been made in that circumstance. And I feel like, you know, there was maybe a missed opportunity to do like a, a Madden tournament to decide who, who won that game. But, I mean, there now this isn't the end of it because, and we'll, and we'll probably talk more in the 8 o'clock hour, but there are still some decisions that have to be made with regards to AFC playoffs and home field advantage and there's there's still some decisions that they're going to vote on today correct i believe that will have to do with now that they've decided to not play this game that had going into it huge playoff ramifications for both teams and for the rest of the the conference because they're both vying along with Kansas City for the the top seed right. and, and a first round bye so there's still there's still a little bit of cleanup to do and Let's hope that whatever decision they come to today is fueled by wisdom and not <laughs> stupidity. But this is the NFL we're talking right. about. Right. So, yeah. Right. And you know, we spent a lot, you know, a lot of time this week talking about the Demar Hamlin situation and response to what happened to him from from a variety of people, from Joy Behar from The View. Skip Bayless. You know, and I think I think Skip's text, and, and I'm no Skip Bayless fan. Skip, Skip. Yep. I think we're that's the problem with when you write something, right? And in the interpretation of it, and and so I'm, I, 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 you know, and after further review on on what Skip Bayless wrote, I I don't have as big of issue about what he wrote. Uh, you know, Bart Scott, without specifically saying T Higgins was responsible for what happened to Mar Hamlin. He certainly walked right up to that line. Yeah. And if you watch the video, so what's, so what's T Higgins supposed to do there? He catches the ball in the flat. He turns up field. His body's leaning forward. Right. And it's not like he just purposely drops his head and rams no. his head into the chest of Demar Hamlin. He's, he's making a, a play, a catch in the flat and he's trying to turn it up field, and so what else was he supposed to do? And I, and, and and I don't, and and we've seen that kind of contact thousands of times. That and is it, as and, routine a, a play as yeah. you can get sometimes. And you know, and just this is the last time I'm going to talk about it today because I went off on this a lot yesterday. Mm. The overreaction on some of this, on. What happened to Demar Hamlin was awful, terrible, a horrible thing. That and thank, thank goodness, thank you know, thank God he's doing better. Yes. But what happened to him is something that's happened. It just you know, give a quick recap to kids playing little league baseball over the years, where when my son was growing up playing baseball, there there was kind of a, a rash of this where kids were hitting the chest with a line drive playing little league baseball, right? And it stopped their hearts, which is well, far as we know. Okay, we don't know specifically. Far as we know, that's what happened to Demar Hamlin. We don't know that with great certainty, but that seems to be from everything I'm reading. Yeah, the 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 impact stopped his heart, and and, and that's what I've been seeing too. And I right, think I, I, it's there's even a name for it. I can't remember it. But. Yeah, I, I had it yesterday, and I probably butchered it horribly. But um, but there was a period of time where parents 
we're, we're going getting these things called heart guards, which was a it was a thing you put it was a strap you put over your kid's chest under his uniform for for baseball for softball that that covered their heart. Right. So in case a line drive hit him in the chest, the guard would hopefully protect the the child from from that you know that projectile stopping their child's heart. The word is. Com- Commodio Cordis. Right. Which is the... Which I think that's how I pronounced it yesterday, so if you're saying that, then I feel pretty good. And it's the... It is the stopping of the heart or a disruption in its rhythm because of an impact to that area. Right. And, you know, dude, to me, this is the reason why... Because what happened to Demar Hamlin? You're you're not gonna you know watch football anymore. You're not gonna have your kid play football ever or whatever. I, I just think that's that's such a tremendous overreaction. Because if you were concerned about something, you should be concerned about concu- concussions more than something like this. Right. Not that this doesn't merit being concerned about. I'm not saying no. that. But if you're okay, if you're okay with your kid playing football before this, you should be okay with your kid kid playing football after this. Because this, to me, was such a outlier, beyond you know, outside the norm of what we see, we, and we've seen this happen in other sports. So, so you're supposed to bubble wrap your kid and never let him play a sport, right? Because if you're going along with this story, then you you should never let your kid play baseball. Line drive could hit him in the chest. You know, how do you know a heart guard's going to protect him? I right. mean, I'm I'm just I'm just saying that there comes a point where it is a a. a a reminder of its dangerous game. It's a game where, 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 you know, Chuck Hughes back in 1971 lost his life. Others have lost their lives due to other circumstances. Corey Stringer, you know, heat exertion, things like that. And and I think it's it's good to remember that. Look, it's like a lot of things. You know, playing football can be a, a dangerous endeavor. And what you to me though. When you have people like Joy Behar in The View calling people out, you know, toxic masculinity and people's political preferences, and that's why football exists and things. Stop it. Yeah. No. Stop it. I, I, I just, I, I find that, you know, I, I find that to be outrageous. And she, she has a right to have her opinion. I find it outrageous. I also find it outrageous that Bart Scott, who knows better, should try to imply. The T. Higgins had something to do, intentionally had something to do with what happened to Demar Hamlin. I have a problem with that, too. I have a more of a problem with him. Right. Because Joy Bayard doesn't know crap about sports no. or football or, you know, that kind of Irrelevant. stuff. Irrelevant. Yeah, it's fine. She's, it's hot take. And, you know, my concern is her stuff scares the hell out of every every mom that watches that show and parents. And I'm never going to let my kid ever play football, Well, which I... I you know which to me once again it's your choice as a parent whether to have your kid play football or not. That is your choice. That should be a decision you make with your spouse and with your child about is this something you want that they want to do, and how supportive are you going to be in that endeavor? It's, and it has to be a, it has to be a collaborative effort here. There's and and part of this conversation I don't know if you saw the quote from uh, Broncos defensive lineman Deshaun Williams talked about it. Yeah, uh, the quote that he had is I'll tell you what my son's not playing football. Uh, I'm going to do what I've got to do to make as much money as I can so I can take care of him, but my son's not playing football. So, And w- what he's underlying saying is he doesn't want his son to have to be a pro athlete to be able to take care of himself. 
the way that he's kind of had to throughout his life. But 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 my thought is this though. But he loved playing football. He talks about in the article, and he's a guy that did not give up on his NFL dream. Got cut multiple times. Right. And, and so my my response to that is, okay, that's once again that's your your child, your your decision, those kind of things. But what if it, I think his son's name is Titan? What if Titan comes to you, you know, at age thirteen and goes, Dad, I'd really like to play football. You gonna tell him no? You gonna tell him absolutely not, never? I just think that's one of those things where there has to be the opportunity for people to make a decision for for the for that young person to make that decision if they want to play, right? Then be as supportive as you possibly can, and and let and let them go do that. I I just you know, and that's like I said, he has the right to feel that way, and I understand that. You know, I I don't know if I entirely I I kind of agree with the premise that the Buckeye boy had of well, if Deshaun Williams is so concerned. He's why doesn't he quit this season? Why is he still playing? And, and, and you know, and and so if that, if you're so concerned, can you not find something else, another career? And I can and I can get it though, where he's invested his adult life, right, and even back to his youth of this being what what the goal was, and like it was for Demar Hamlin, and you know, I'm sure for Demar Hamlin, if you asked him right now. Do you or will you play again? He'd probably say yes. If he if he medically can play, he will probably say yes. And there are people who will say, "What's wrong with you?" Right. And my response to that is, if he wants to play, medically he's cleared. That's his decision. And if he chooses never to play again, I totally understand that and respect that. I I would I think everybody would get that if he said, "Yeah, I think I'm good. I think I can do other things in my life, and that's fine." But let's, you know, but for DeMar Hamlin, if he does decide to play again, there will be people like, what's wrong with you? Did you, did you not remember what almost happened to you? Right. But that's, but that's part of living life and, and people will have the right to make the decision. And if they, he know he now more than anybody else knows the inherent risk of being on a football field. And, and let's not forget too, that because it is a choice, no one would blame him at all if he said, you know what? I think I need to kind of reevaluate some things and sure. maybe do do other stuff. And and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he because I think I would want him to. I'd want him to take a beat and go, even if he's cleared to play someday somewhere. I mean, we're long, long ways That's, away yeah. from that. But say there's a point here in the next couple of year year or so where he's medically cleared, you can go back and play football. We feel confident you're going to be okay. I would want him to take some time to go, let me think about that. And if the decision is yes, then I I respect that and I applaud him for it. If the decision is no, I respect him and I applaud him for that. Yeah. But I, I just think there has to be some level of, of, of him making that decision and knowing what the risks are and, and accepting that and, and being okay with that. And I, I just, you know, I, I guess the final thing on it for me is that I understand people's concern about this. But if you're going to be concerned about injuries, long-lasting kind of things, then, then CTE and concussion is something that should probably get your attention before this does. And, and, I, and I say this and I stand by this, and I know that people probably don't agree. Some do. I understand football's a dangerous sport. Auto racing is a dangerous sport. Motorcycle racing, hockey, hockey is in that 
that territory as well. Boxing. Boxing. Fighting. MMA. That as far as football goes, and and look, like I said, with Tua Tonga Viola situation, probably not the best thing, but this is the it's the NFL and NFL still has work to do in regard to identifying when a player's concussed and how to deal with that. But football in general has never been safer than it is right now. With what we know about concussions, with how we treat them, with improved helmet technology, improved you know, technique in regard to tackling, you know, rugby style tackling, things like that, that the game's never been safer. And so I, I just feel like that what happened Monday night is the, is the exception, not the rule. To say what happened Monday night, to call it a fluke, I think is a little disingenuous. It's an, it, it's an outlier. It, it is very much an outlier. And, and getting back to Bart Scott's comments about that, he clearly is not taking into account just how much of an outlier it is because to imply even slightly that T. Higgins purposefully or intentionally had something to do with that would mean that not only would T. Higgins have had to have very niche and specific (laughs) knowledge about the functions of the human heart. And we don't know if DeMar Hamlin... Cake has has a heart condition that was undiagnosed before that, that, yeah. that led to this that that contributed to this possible but we don't know that and and a lot of it was Scott though was more of well the rule is you're not supposed to lower your head well T Higgins is running and he's starting to fall forward yeah. he's starting to lean catching and he's turning up field his body is taking him forward it's not like he drops his head intentionally and and rams into the chest of Demar Hamlin. Right, he's starting to f- fall forward. He's trying to turn up field. His body lean is that way. That's gravity there. That's there, my friend. Yeah, and so that's where I, I just have a problem with that. So you got some thoughts? That's that's all I have to say about that today. We'll have an update Demar Hamlin, which is some really really good news. Very good. So uh, coming up, Rob Ames, Delta Panthers boys basketball coach. They have Centauri tonight over on ninety five point seven The Monkey here in the Valley, ninety seven point one in Delta. Time right now, though, for... What's happening? All right, start things out with Colorado Mesa University Athletic Director Dr. Kim Miller has stepped down from her post, offering her citing a need to be closer to family. CMU putting out a statement saying Miller resigned Thursday due to an ongoing need to work and live in closer proximity to family. Miller's last official day was Wednesday. University President Dr. John Marshall notified staff on Thursday he had accepted Miller's resignation. She was just hired this last summer to be the AD after Brian Rooks has moved into the uh, CMU Foundation to raise money for the athletic department. Buffalo safety Demar Hamlin continues to make substantial progress in a Cincinnati hospital. In a press conference, doctors said Hamlin is able to communicate by nodding his head and writing notes. Hamlin asked who won is his first question. The 24-year-old went into cardiac arrest after making a tackle during Monday night's game with the Bengals. The NFL's announced the game won't be made up. The Nuggets exploded for a 31-point win and throttling the L.A. Clippers 122-91 at Ball Arena Thursday night. Denver had seven players in double figures led by Jamal Murray's 18 points. Bones Highland scored 16 off the bench with Nikola Jokic scoring 12 points and adding nine assists. Denver's tied with Memphis atop the Western Conference standings at 25-13. and 13. Colorado's Tristan De Silva scored a career-high 30 points to lead the Buffs men's basketball team to a 68-41 home win 
over Oregon last night right here on the team. C's leading scorer, K.J. Simpson, was sick and didn't play, so De Silva picked up the slack in hitting three three-pointers. The Buffs improved to 10-6 and six overall. They're 2-3 and three in the Pac-12. The Avalanche blew a 2-0 lead and dropping their fifth straight game and losing 4-2 at Vancouver Thursday night. Sam Gerrard and Miko Rantanen scored Cutterbro's goals as poor defensive play allowed the Canucks to come back to get the win. The defending cup champion Avs are 19-15-3 on the season. The Central and Palisade girls basketball team started the 2023 part of their schedule last night. The Warriors lost at 6A Fort Collins 61-49 despite 20 points from Central guard Christina Manzanares. The 6-3 Warriors play at Douglas County tonight in Centaurus tomorrow. Palisade lost at Summit 38-29 to to fall to 3-8 and with the Bulldogs hosting Rifle tomorrow. In boys basketball, Palisade won at Summit 55-48. The Bulldogs, Josh Sato and Luke Fay each scored 16 points apiece in the win as Palisade snaps a three-game losing streak. The 6-5 and five Bulldogs host Rifle tomorrow night. On the mats, the 5A 9th-ranked Central Warriors defeated 4th-ranked 5A Fruto Monument 39-35 on Wednesday. Both the Warriors and Wildcats defeated Lakewood in the triangular at Fruto Monument. And back to prep basketball over the last four seasons. Delta Panthers girls basketball team has a 77-13 record, and they have not lost a Western Slope Conference game since February of 2018. In their last games before the holiday break, the Panthers play at the Palisade Tournament, losing to Fruit of Monument Central before beating Grand Junction to go 2-4. and four. Head coach Kyle Crowder says the tournament was a good indicator of where they are this season after having to replace nearly half of their scoring from a season ago. Good opportunity for us to kind of start putting pieces together. You know, we're not rebuilding, but we're trying to figure out everybody's roles. And felt like that we played three pretty good games. We just weren't very effective offensively in the first two. When we can hold a team in the 40s, we feel like that we have a chance to win. Panthers play at Centauri tonight, and you can hear those games uh, starting with girls' pregame at 5.15 on 95.7 The Monkey here in the Valley. In Delta, you can hear both those Panther basketball games at uh, 97.1. And the CMU men's basketball team, they owe Shadron State and Colorado Christian this weekend. Last year, the Mavericks took wins from a Cougar squad that was outside the top 10 in both scoring and offense and scoring defense and had just eight wins to show for it this season. The Cougars are 7th in defense, already 6-7. and seven. Mavs head coach Mike DeGeorge says the Cougars are a much more competitive team, even if the results aren't there just yet. They had three dynamic guards last year, and they really struggled to defend. One is back, but they've added more size, and they've added more athletes. They are a more competitive team this year because they are better defensively, and they're very well coached. Cutter Mesa takes on Shadron State tonight on the Team CMU Sports Network with Saturday's games against Cotterboro Christian on 1100 KNZZ. Coverage both nights for the women starts at 5.15. The men play at 7.30 both nights. Maverick men, by the way, riding a five-game winning streak. And that's a look at... What's happening? All right, up next, we'll talk with Delta Boys basketball coach Rob Ames. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. You're listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Talking Delta Boys basketball with Coach Rob Ames on the Team. And our conversation with Rob Ames brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Rob, I appreciate the time. Hope you had a wonderful New Year. I did. Happy Friday, Jim. Always good to talk with you. And so uh, a chance to get a little bit of work in with your with your basketball team during the holiday break. Uh, just enough to maybe uh, keep that rust from building up too much. Uh, what did you see from your guys, the, the little bit of time you were able to be around them? Well, um, I think rust is the right word. We we had some rest first. That was the that was the most important part of the break is get a little rest for all those football guys. Um, so we got we got a good uh, little pocket of rest, 
and then we came back and we're knocking the rust off and now we're working toward where we where we think we're going to be by the time this all settles out. Two and four record on the season going into that holiday break. Uh, you did wrap it up uh, with a high note in that Palisade tournament with the win against Cortez, seventy to sixty two. But uh, lost to Fruita Monument, lost to, to Central. So a couple of uh, you know really good basketball programs right there, and and two teams that were in the, the postseason last year in their in their classification. So uh, a, a chance, like I said, to get some good work in. Shorter trip to to Palisade, but you wrap it up with that win against Cortez. Yeah, the Cortez win was fun. Um, and the other two games were good for us also. The, like you said, they're two real good programs um, off to a really good start. So um, those were all games that were really good for us to head into Christmas. What do you feel like you learned the most about your basketball team during that stretch? Like you said, I mean, you're getting a lot of players like, like Tucker Johnson and other guys that were coming off mm-hmm. that, that run to the state championship game in football. But what do you feel like you, you learned about your basketball team, areas of improvement, things that you like about your team, during that that stint at the Palisade tournament, well, um, we we got all ten guys to contribute in that Cortez win, and I like to see that everybody did something at just at the right time, and that really helped us. So that made me that made me happy. Um, the other thing is is they they are just uh, they play together. Everything that they do, they compete um, all year round together, and so I like that that idea that they they play for each other and they like to win. Rob Ames, coach of the Delta Panthers boys basketball team with us. Uh, Panther boys and girls play at Centauri tonight. Alamosa tomorrow will have the games uh, with Centauri tonight. Mark Cantor will have the call over on our sister station, the Monkey, which is 97.1 in Delta and 95.7 here in the Valley. So let's start out with Centauri because uh, they face a really good team in Centauri right now, Rob. They're 7-1. Chaz Holman's averaging almost 12 points per game. It's a, a good non-league matchup tonight when you play Centauri. Yeah, Centauri's a great program. They're well-coached, and Holman is a very, very skilled kid. He's a leftover from that state championship run team they had last year. Uh, he's a good player. We're going to have our hands full with him tonight. When when you look at uh, Centauri, who else on that team outside of Holman that you, you're going to have to be concerned to maybe keep them off the glass or limit their scoring? Who else on that team is a, a bit of a problem for you defensively? They've got a couple really nice bigs, um, big bodies. You know, Centauri just has just have a lot of really good athletes that do a lot of things. Um, so we're just going to have to make sure that we are aware of where Mr. Holman is all the time and not let him get it inside to the big. He's got um, one of the nicest mid-range games around. I remember watching him last year and thinking the same thing. And now he's going to really stand out. Um, they graduated quite a few seniors. So they've got some new kids in spots, but um, they're 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 already rocking. Rob Ames, coach of the Delta Panthers boys basketball team, with us uh, on the Team Sports Network, and then it's uh, Alamosa, the Mean Moose tomorrow, and uh, a guy that's really uh, had a, a strong start to the season for them has uh, currently at fourteen points per game is Brant Jackson, who's also uh, uh, plays football for them as well, so a good multi-sport athlete, and it's uh, Alamosa team that's six and one right now, so it's. You go from from a seven win team to a six win team uh, in this road trip. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, um, Alamosa is an, another team, like you said, that's off to a great start. Um, they've had they've had a rough week in Alamosa. Our hearts go out to them. Um, so uh, we're we're looking forward to playing them, and I'm proud that they're gonna that they're gonna come out and play. They lost their uh, their girls basketball coach this week. He passed away, so they're in the middle of a tough stretch. So. We've been praying for them, um, 
and we hope that that basketball gets gets a little of their sadness off their minds for a little while. You're right. We mentioned this the other day, Eric Melgoza, who's their girls' basketball coach, but also the, the school's athletic director as well. Yeah. I guess he was on a ladder on New Year's Day doing some work, fell off the ladder, sustained a, a, a horrible head injury. He was uh, flown, you know, air life to, to Denver, where unfortunately uh, uh, he did not survive. And uh, you're right. I mean, some, some very heavy hearts in Alamosa with, with, with his death. And obviously, you know, the, the Delta community, uh, the rest of us here on the Western Slope as well, thinking of, uh, of Alamosa and what they're going through right now. That's for sure. Coach Malgoza was uh, everything that's good about high school athletics. He was for everybody all of the time. Um, and, you know, it's just been an interesting week. Uh, sports has taught us a lot from the pro level right on down to high school level about um, how important the good people are. Um, it's fun. The game is fun. Um, but sometimes maybe the game isn't as important as we sometimes we try to make it out to be. Absolutely, Rob. I think that's a that's a point well taken with DeMar Hamlin, what happened in Monday Night Football to Eric Melgoza right. and, and, and his passing that, that we love sports. Sports are a great escape. We love sports. It's great for our kids. But uh, sometimes that uh, real life uh, quickly uh, pushes that aside and we, we have to reevaluate where we are and how we view things. But, Rob, so this weekend, some goals for your basketball team. What would they be at this point in time as you get ready for league play coming up? Got a couple of non-league games this weekend. What are the, the Panther priorities this weekend? Uh, we're going to try to uh, just start to enforce some of the uh, habits that we've been trying to build uh, since we started getting together. And the other thing is we, we want to play clean. We want to play a lot cleaner offensively and defensively. We've been turning the ball over early a little more than we wanted to, and defensively just uh, making some dumb mistakes and letting some offenses off the hook um, in ways that we, we don't think are characteristic of us. So I would say that is that this weekend is going to definitely sharpen us, but I want it to clean us up too. So I'm excited for it. I think we're going to play well. Um, both tonight and tomorrow, and um, regardless of the outcome, I think we're going to come out um, sharpened and cleaned up and ready to get the sailors next Friday. All right, very good. So once again, just a reminder that tonight we'll have uh, both Delta Panther basketball teams at Centauri. Uh, It's our Highway 50 game of the week with uh, the Panthers on the road. Mark Cantor will have the call tonight. And uh, girls pregame at 5.15. They'll tip it at 5.30. The boys to follow at 7 o'clock tonight over on the Monkey in Delta, 97.1 FM. And uh, here in the Valley, 95.7 FM. And then any games that we don't carry on the Monkey, uh, make sure you go to the website, 957themonkey.com for the schedule. And also the link to uh, to Mark Streaming for any of the games that we don't carry on the radio. You can still catch the action with Mark Hanter. Once again, 957themonkey.com. Rob, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a safe trip. And uh, hopefully come back with a couple of W's after this weekend. That's the plan. It's always great to talk to you, Jim. And thanks for always being so good to the Delta Panthers. Well, we, we appreciate you as well. Thank you, Rob. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Rob Ames, coach of the Delta Panther boys. And so uh, looking forward to that. Mark did a great job covering Panthers uh, football yep. on the run to the state championship game. And now uh, we'll have, uh, those, of course, the Delta Panther girls have been absolutely phenomenal the last several years. Had to replace some scoring this year, but still a lot of talent on that team. And yeah, and uh, Tucker Johnson's a heck of a football player and basketball player for Delta. So a uh, big guy that can certainly uh, carry them at times. And they have some they have some real talent on that basketball team as well. A lot of those guys coming over from the football season. All right, seven thirty five. 
Jim along with uh, Cake today. Of course, you'll have uh, you'll be in the studio for that one tonight. Yes, for uh, Delta and Centauri. So uh, it's in good hands tonight. Yes, thank you. As in our <laughs> CMU coverage in good hands with Joe V Hill back here tonight. And of course, uh, Greg will be out. Greg Wentz will be out covering the Mavericks tonight uh, here on the team. And then tomorrow night, the Mavericks will be over on KNZZ because of NFL football. It, still in really good hands with Joe, but then there's the Buckeye boy. It's going to be calling games tomorrow night. So hey, now it'll be it'll be okay. <laughs> Rio does a fantastic job. He'll do a great job tomorrow night. All right. I have to give him a little grief when he's not here. All right. 736. And uh, we'll take a break here in a moment. And we'll we'll come back and talk about uh, the Nuggets and Buffs getting wins last night. Uh, The Avalanche, I wish it could have been the trifecta, but it didn't happen last night. We'll get into that coming up. Time right now, though, for Soundcheck. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you. To stop what you're doing and listen. All right, speaking of the buffs, Coach Prime has made it very clear that he is a little bit frightened of the buffs mascot, Ralphie, with, I would say, good reason. So, the head of Ralphie's wrangling team came over to Coach Prime's office to discuss his fears. Here's how it played out. How you doing? Great, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Taylor. Taylor. Oh. We're so excited to have you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So I hear that something's been weighing on your soul. Yeah. Tell me what's got you scared of Ralphie. Ralphie's a buffalo. I'm aware. Let's start right there. I spent a lot of time with her. <laughs> um, Ralphie's huge. So this one's young still. She's not fully grown. She's only about 800 pounds. What you mean, only about 800 pounds? Two, like, think two of the linemen that mm, you were hanging out three. with. Three. Three? I just, I'm scared. I like, I, okay. I, yeah, we gotta, we gotta meet. You gotta arrange oh, a absolutely. meeting so we could. 100%. Talk we'll do it a meeting. Out, chat it up. She'll love you. Yeah, so we could meet at a disclosed location. Sure. But you gotta, you know, tell her a little bit about me. So okay. she'll, she, you know. We've already told her all about she you. She understands how I move and how I get down. No, no, it's all good. So it'll be, so the, the way it works is we run out first. And so you'll come out after us Thank and lead you, the Jesus. team out. Thank you. Yes. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't move like I used to. I'm only, I'm only eight toes down now. Oh, eight toes down? Yeah. They're poor for balance. So it right. makes sense. But, um, you know, she's only, actually you guys are right the same, but she's got eight toes too. She has eight toes? Mm-hmm. They got two toes on each foot, four legs, eight toes. Ralphie has eight toes. Right? So that's how you know you're going to be best friends. You can tell her all about it. Wow. Yeah, we got eight toes. We have something in common. You do. She will be looking forward to hearing about it. So there you go. Coach Prime and Ralphie bonding. But initially, though, a little... (laughs) What? (laughs) Coach Prime a little scared of uh, of Ralphie. And I think the fear stems from he didn't know if he and his team were running out before Ralphie or after. And, you know, that, to me, if the fear is I might be chased by a buffalo, that's a legitimate fear. Sure. If there is an actual Particularly buffalo. with the, the leg issues, foot issues that, that he has. That Coach Prime now has that, um, yeah, that, that's, a, in fairness to him, that's a legitimate concern. But now I think that he knows that Ralphie goes first then the rest of the the team behind him. I think that has tapered some of those fears. And like you said, they have something in common. They both have eight toes. I'd say I'm trying to think if I've ever. I'm sure somebody's done it. I'm sure there's been a CU coach that's gone. 
to talk to or to meet Ralphie or whatever. But right. I, I've never heard you know like this with which I think is cool. It shows Coach Prime. He's a content guy. Oh, he they're killing to, the social he knows, media. He knows game how to right create now. content, and you know, going to talk to a Ralphie Handler about, hey, I'm I've got these fears about the Buffalo. For the Buffalo might try to trample me. <laughs> I don't move like I used to. <laughs> I I think that's great. I think it's hilarious. It's, it makes for great social media stuff. It's it just, fantastic, and also I think creates a more of a, a window into Deion Sanders. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know as far as. <laughs> Yeah, this thing scared the heck out of me, man. I don't know. You know, you got Coach Prime. He's you know confident, cool. He's got some some swagger to him. And then, oh yeah, here's this 800 pound. I, I love the. What do you mean only 800 pounds? What do you mean only? 800? And then I love the 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 lady. She's like, it's like two of your linemen. Like no 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 three, <laughs> at least three linemen. Yeah, Ralphie's a big gal. She's a big gal, but I. I can't think of too many more stirring college football moments just for like with a mascot oh yeah you know certainly like air force with the falcon and and some of those things but when ralphie comes onto the field it's just and hear mark call it too and when mark johnson talks about ralphie's run brought to you by cinch jeans (laughs) it's perfect i mean it's you're just going Oh, they're going to get their butts kicked today, but this is so cool. Let's you know hope that now we think, hey, they got a shot at we winning have today. A chance. We got a chance today. Buffs could be as cool as their mascot is on the football field. All right, 741. We'll take a break. Speaking of the Buffs, uh, Ralphie doesn't get to run inside the CU Events Center, but, For good uh, reason. <laughs> but the CU men's basketball team ran over Oregon last night, which was really good. And uh, Nuggets throttling the Clippers last night. Not a good night for the Avalanche. We'll dive into that next. Uh, if you got something on your mind today, it's kind of just uh, it's a free-form, free-for-all Friday today. Something on your mind you want to talk about, uh, comment on. Broncos wrapping it up with the Chargers on Sunday. Your hopes for next season for the Broncos. Uh, Benjamin Albright, by the way, 50K away. Broncos insider, dude that knows his stuff, will be joining us Monday on the program. So. Nice. Monday's going to be a very, very busy show. All right, 742. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 745. Jim along with Cake today. Next day, a chance to uh, win with Where in the World is Tyler Franzen. Hopefully, you got your picks in. And you still have time to do it today to get hey. your picks in since there was no Thursday night football last night for Thank pile you for picks reminding picking. Me. And make sure you do that. You've been kicking our butts. I'm not happy about that. but Well, good news. I, I don't know if I made my picks last week because I was on vacation. So Oh, 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 okay. Well, maybe a so chance to catch might, up a little bit. There might be some, some time. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just not happy how it's gone for me on pile pigs can pick them. Powered by Kissner Motors, but for other folks like uh, Jolene Malumba, who was our winner last time out, gets twelve pack of Bud Light and four NFL glasses. Uh, so all you have to do is go to our website, theteam1340.com, click on the pile pigs can pick them link where you've got PFM and Ryan Tannehill and Bill Belichick, well, rooting around in there, shall we say, for some green gold. Yes. And uh, make your picks because we have weekly winners like Jolene was the last time out. 
And then, of course, you have a chance to win some amazing prizes. One of uh, two $500 gift cards from Plattigan Sports in the Valley Plaza. And if you have not been in there, if you're looking like to get into golf or get into a sport that maybe you haven't, uh, uh, haven't played in the past, they have incredible equipment at, at fantastic prices there. And also you have a chance to win that big green egg smoker and grill from Fruita Co-op Country. If you live out uh, west of town, Fruita Co-op Country, Mark's got you covered out there with all the everything you need from painting your house indoors and out, equipment rental, clothing, you name it, hardware, they've got it all. Got a tasty freeze out there as well, gas. Uh, you can fill up your car or truck out there at Fruita Co-op. So uh, get your picks in at the team 1340. Dot com. All right, so last night, Nuggets nationally televised game against the L.A. Clippers and Denver last night drilling the Clippers with a 31-point win. Denver wins 122 to 91 last night. A ball arena. Denver had seven players in double figures. Jamal Murray had 18 points. Bones Highland had 16 off the bench. Nikola Jokic scored 12 points and added nine assists last night. After the game, a little post Malone, here's Coach Michael. Very, very happy for once about how his team played on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it was great. You know, I told our guys at halftime, you know, the, the edit we showed was all positive. And uh, my challenge was simple. Uh, understand why we're up and don't be bored with success. Don't be satisfied. We knew that last five games that team was averaging 35 points in the third quarter. We've been up 28 against that team and lost. And you knew that, you know, they were going to go small and try to junk the game up a little bit. And... We just had to be disciplined. And I took that quick timeout, and I felt right after that timeout, the guys responded. It was two minutes and 20 seconds into the third quarter. They already had nine points. They had 15 the whole first quarter. It's not about the score. It's about us creating the habits uh, that will hopefully bring us a championship at some point. Because there was a one point last night where Michael Malone was just lost his mind for a moment mm-hmm. and uh, frustrated when, when Terrence Mann got, a, got an easy bucket, angry that the Nuggets had a defensive breakdown, they were up 90-53 to 53 at that point. <laughs> Almost 40, 37 points. Yeah. But that's what he's, he's trying to, and he's tried this and tried this and tried this, tried to instill a defensive mentality in this basketball team. And, and it even, it, it, he, he has to, even moments like that, Continue to to beat on this team. You've got to play defense. You can't let them have easy shots, easy you know, wide open looks, easy layups. You've you you have to defend, even in a moment like that where you're up by only you know, forty points. Right. I still want to see the defensive effort out of you. And Nuggets had a thirty six point third quarter. You know, just had a great game as I mentioned. You know, they had seven guys in double figures last night. Um. Vladko Kankar, he had 15 points and 12 rebounds. You'll love to see that. Last night. I mean, so really everybody got involved last night. Big win for the Nuggets can I, in that one. Can I share some numbers with you for Please how that share. that share insight into how the Nuggets have been? 16 and 1 this year when they score 120 or more points. 15 and 3 at home at Ball Arena this year. So that helps. It does. Being but, a Ball Arena helps this team a lot. Eight and two in their last ten. They've got the first overall spot in the West with the tiebreaker over Memphis. So they're they're playing really well. And Coach Malone, we've talked about it a lot because he's talked about it a lot. 
trying to get this team in a defensive mentality because he knows that when they play good defense, it ignites their offense, which we know can be lethal. I mean, you know, we saw it last night. Multiple guys in double figures, Bones Highland doing Bones Highland things. When he's when he's hot, he's hot. Vlatko getting involved. Nikola had a kind of pedestrian game by Nikola Jokic standards. But that's okay, though. I mean, he had what, 12 points, like nine assists, I think six rebounds. When everybody else is doing that... You don't have to have yeah. the miracle, you know. Nikola Jokic doesn't have to be this, like, does everything, carries the whole team on his back kind of guy, which he can do, and it's fun to watch him do that, but it also kind of frustrates you as a fan. You're going, oh, geez, can somebody else please step up? And last night, everybody stepped up. Yeah, tremendous performance by the Nuggets last night. They are tied with Memphis atop the Western Conference right now. You also had Colorado men's basketball last night. Buffs coming off what Tad Boyle, I think Mark Johnson said yesterday. Tad said maybe the most embarrassing defensive effort that he's seen in his time coaching at Colorado in the 12 years that he's been there. It's saying a lot. And, and how they lot. played you know, New Year's Eve at Cal. Last night, back home, CU Events Center. You're thinking, okay, hopefully there's not a hangover there. And also, oh, by the way, no K.J. Simpson, their leading scorer, out. He was sick last night. Q. Tristan De Silva, who's played really well lately, a career-high 30 points last night. Uh, De Silva only had just 15 points in the two-game road trip last weekend. But prior to that, he'd been playing really well. But he had a career-high 30 points last night. He had seven rebounds. He had three threes last night. Julian Hammond, the second. Uh, he stepped in for Simpson last night. He had a career-high 16 points. Buffs get the win last night over Oregon, 68-41. to Colorado's now on the season 10-6 and overall. They're 2-3 and in the Pac-12. After the game, CU's winningest coach in, in program history, Tad Boyle, talks about the win against the Ducks. I don't want to show my ignorance. And some of you that probably followed us said I, I probably shouldn't open my mouth up then, but Jekyll and Hyde, this team. And I've never seen the movie. I've never read the book. I know one's good, one's bad. Like, it's total polar opposites. And that's what this team is right now. We're Jekyll and Hyde. And I don't know if we were Jekyll on Saturday against Cal and Hyde tonight or Hyde and Jekyll. But um, this is how we have to play uh, defensively, night in and night out. Not that we're going to hold everybody to what we held Oregon to. It wasn't their best night. There's no doubt about that. But... I think we had something to do with it. And I could tell from the get-go we were locked in defensively. Told the team at shoot-around, the team that rebounds the ball uh, better tonight is, I think, going to be the team that wins. And that was us, and, and, and I think the score showed that. All right, Oregon State coming up this weekend over in Boulder for the University of Colorado. Now, as far as the Avalanche, I was hoping to have you cue the music, but yes. we only play it when they win. And they have now lost five straight. They lost last night in Vancouver by the score of 4-2. to two. They blew a 2 nothing lead in that game. Sam Gerrard, Miko Randon had goals for the Avalanche last night, but a, a horrible defensive night for Colorado. Uh, Alexander Georgiev at one point slammed his stick on the ice where they had a just a, some mental lapses against a Vancouver team that's not a very good team right now. Nice. They had lost three straight prior to that game, and they had their own issues with J.T. Miller, yelling at goalie Colin Dela to get off the ice in a close game. They've had some some issues as well in, in terms of their chemistry. 
after the game, Jared Bednar talking about the Avalanche loss to the Canucks. I mean, I thought we were playing a decent hockey game. We're up 2 nothing. Things going well, and then implosion. Penalties, frustration, a little bit of bad luck, but not committed enough for that uh, eight-minute stretch, and it cost us a hockey game. I mean, second period the other night cost us a portion of the second period tonight. I mean, consistency is the biggest thing for me. I mean, we got to have an exceptional effort, right? Regardless of the past five games, winning or losing, you have to go out and play your best hockey. Otherwise, you can't expect to win. And, and we're not holding up our end of the bargain on that right now. Frustration with penalties. I think there was a few that were a little bit unlucky and questionable, but you have to work through it. I mean, you can't let things out of your control frustrate you in a game, especially when you're playing well. That eight-minute stretch should have been turned around after a bad shift or two and should have been going the other direction again like it was for the first 32 minutes. We didn't do that. All right, and then you mentioned Andrew Cagliano argued with an official. He got a 10-minute penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct that did not help. Hour two coming up.